Aloha and welcome to Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Today I'll be speaking with Rana Prince, writer and producer of Sacred Journey of the Heart, the groundbreaking uh, film which explores the power of the human heart. Conversations is sponsored by HealthMasterySystems.com, Holistic Products for Body, Mind, and Soul, and PurePlanEssentials.com, Organic Aromatherapy. Please visit these websites today. Rana Prince is founder of Modern Mastery and the Global Wholeness Corporation, a nonprofit with a mission to bring healing and wholeness to the world. Rana's new film, Sacred Journey of the Heart, explores the connection between science and spirit. The film features many well-known leaders in the consciousness movement, including authors and researchers Greg Braden, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Roland McCready, and Colin Tipping, as well as a number of indigenous tribal elders. The film explores the idea, idea of a global shift and birth of a new consciousness that is heart-centered. Visit sacredjourneyoftheheart.com where you can watch a trailer of the film. Hi, Rana. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, it's great to have you with us. So tell us, what inspired you to make this film? Well, I had been um, working in the field of spiritual intuitive counseling, as I would call it, for probably about five years, and I was experimenting with a lot of my clients about with the law of attraction, which I was aware of, and we were, were finding, you know, the thing, wonderful things that were coming out, they, you know, about the law of attraction was getting more and more widely known, that it just wasn't quite working. It, working from the mind and the law of attraction was, wasn't really creating the types of shift that I knew and my clients were, that were available, my clients were looking for. And so we started working with the power of the heart just on a spiritual intuitive level and the feeling, the combination of feeling and thoughts and really bringing the powerful uh, emotion of gratitude to bear on that which we were hoping to manifest and things started to work. So I thought, wouldn't it be great if I did a, a little film, just sort of like a promotional thing, really, about the, the, the power of the heart. And it was just going to be for my friends and clients. And then it, from, from that intention in 2009 developed a, an entire feature film that you just described. <laughs> so tell us in your film, Sacred Journey of the Heart, you talk about forgiving your past to create a new present. What exactly do you mean by this? Well, when I was doing this, the initial footage in 2009, I thought that I had done it, um, all the forgiveness work I needed to do. I had uh, gone through some really difficult times in my childhood, which we can talk about later if you if you want to, and I had been through lots and lots of therapy and tr I would call traditional forgiveness, and I thought I had done all that work and then that I could really teach about heart-based living, and I saw the footage come back from the editor, and I looked like I was scared to death on the camera, I mean, like a deer in the headlights, literally, so I had to, you know, take a, a, that as a springboard into going deeper into my past where there was unresolved, real, you know, powerful feelings packed into my body in different places, my heart and, you know, places where I had literally stored that unexpressed emotion. And when I found a way, you know, asking for the, you know, just the next right thing for me to show up, and it always does when we do, I found a way to go back into my past and release those stuck energies in my body and then start to really create a whole different you know, series of, of opportunities for myself, which included taking the film in a different direction, to really connecting with a whole lot of new people, and it, it literally changed my 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 present and future. And so that's what really what my one-on-one -on -one work is with people is t teaching what I learned <laughs> through this mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. 
So tell us a little more about how you got to be become uh, an intuitive counselor and filmmaker, you know, from being a corporate banker. <laughs> I know. It seems a very uh, not a very logical step. But, you know, when you look around more and more in the world, people now more than ever are making these types of dramatic 180-degree changes. Um, so it's not as uncommon as it used to be. I mean, I don't know anybody who, go, who you know, works in one corporation their whole life anymore. But I had realized, you know, that as, as much as I loved what I did, I loved my job in banking. I, if I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it. And, but I got kind of got re- a reduction in force, laid off, and then two other jobs within two successive years. One ended through the company going bankrupt, and the other one I just looked around and said, you know, this isn't for me anymore. <laughs> and and so I took that as a time that I was being called to really do something that meant more to me at the level of you know service to other people directly versus you know making money for people, which is great, but because <laughs> that employs lots of people too. You know, in business, you know that when you're creating jobs, it's important. And so then I I decided that it was time for me to use these intuitive abilities that I'd had my whole life and really sort of honed in on at age 13 in a transformational experience and said, well, I don't know anything really about this, but I'm just going to tell people that I'm going to use these intuitional abilities I see about, you know, what's going on for someone and start, you know, being a counselor. And the doors just opened and people invited me to take their client list and work with them and do workshops. So uh, there was no logic about it. It just happened that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's always a good indicator that it's a life calling. It's Yes. Calling you, yes, when mm-hmm. the things line up for you, like you're talking about. So, why does transformation begin with the journey to your own heart, Rana? And that's kind of like it sounds like that's what you were describing when you went more deeply into this whole film project. That it was like you went through a transformation mm-hmm. yourself. I I really did, and it it's it wasn't until I did the heart based work, which is not only about emotion, but it's really about the integration of all that, you know, we hear talk about body, mind, spirit, and heart. And the heart happens to be in the center of the body. So if we're not in the body, if we're not grounded and and being present and listening to the signals coming from the body, the feelings that are usually, you know, we don't feel feelings out there. You know, I had one therapist that used to say to me, you know, let's talk about feelings and not ceilings, because when you're when you got your eyes staring up out of your head, you know, staring up at the ceiling, you're not going to be feeling. That's just you know, NLP and and brain uh, patterning. But so for me, it was really going into that place where I was afraid to go, where I've discovered in making the film and talking about it, most people are reluctant to do the heart work because they associate that with emotional pain. And so it's so important to go into that stored-up place of emotional pain because when we unpack that, like Mary Morrissey, my narrator in the film, says, when you unpack that pain, it's there's so much more, you know, wealth of feeling and abundance and and and, and connection with other people. And so when you when you unpack that, what's stored usually in the heart and other places through the physical body in terms of repressed emotion. Then you can start accessing what I call the intuitive heart, and that's where the real wisdom of the heart resides. And it's a very specific type of, you know, you know, energetic work with the heart that we could get into some more. But there's a lot of research around the power of the heart that leads us into a whole new way of being and interacting in the world. Yes, I do want to talk more about that. We'll get more into that. First, mm-hmm. I'd like to hear something about your own personal story you alluded to a little earlier in your own journey of healing of the heart? 
Yeah, it's really an, it became an important part of the film that I did not intend to share at all. I started out and I was just going to be a you know, a, an expert in my own film, a talking head, which there's a reason that's a talking head is because you're really interacting with an audience from your head up. And so um, I just, when I, the filming stopped when I saw how scared I looked on camera and how absent and, you know, like vacant. And, and in my head I was, I went on the journey to go deeper into my heart and the feelings that I found were in there really had to do with resentment about the uh, child abuse I w experienced between the age of three and 13, really prolonged period of, of sexual abuse. And, um, you know, you don't have resources or tools when you're a child. So I just kept stuffing it inside. But I told myself at about age five, if someday if I, if I can open my heart again, because I knew what was happening, I knew I had to stop feeling or I couldn't survive. I said, someday if I can, if I can open my heart again I can, and I can heal, I'm going to show other people how to do it. So in many ways, the real message of this film is just as a promise that I, I fulfilled to my early life self that's had to shut her heart down. And so I, I had to, the things that I had learned to express through all those years of therapy, that wasn't for nothing. I learned to express the sadness and the grief and the depression from all that and all the confusing feelings about guilt and shame. I had never unpacked my anger and um, hatred. And those were all stored inside my heart, un sort of subconsciously. Mm -hmm. And so I take the very courageous step in the film in Chapter 2 where I tell my story of showing how you safely express those powerful emotions that we're told, and especially in the spiritual community, we're not supposed to have because they're low vibrations. Yeah. You know, I understand that. I was teaching that all the time. But the only problem I learned, thing I learned from Colin Tipping, who is my true mentor in this healing process, is that there's no good or bad emotion other than if you stuff it inside the body and stick it in there, and then it festers. And then the, vi then the low vibration, you're living with it whether you're expressing it or not. And so I learned exactly how to do this from beginning to middle to end with Colin Tipping in a safe way and in a very quick way. And that was the turning point for me in the film. Mm -hmm. Well, you're talking about accessing the truth expressing the truth is what sets you free right the truth of the your the power of your feelings that ha you had lodged within your your body and your mind mm -hmm. accessing those so why did you have several indigenous elders in your film Rana well they have I think a, a very much more um, organic connection with the earth and the environment around us uh, than we do in our in our high tech world, and you know the the ones that that I've met, yes, they have cell phones, some of them, not all of them, <laughs> and a few of them have Facebook, but they're really you know like Larry Running Turtle Salazar, a dear friend of mine that I've gotten to privilege to know. He's a he's a spiritual leader of the Cherokee and Apache um, tribal nations down in Southwest. Texas, and he, he's got such power and presence and, and wisdom, like everything coming out of that man's mouth. I just like to follow him around, you know, and just film, because <laughs> they, they just have that connection, and they have the, the access to the knowingness, and this is why I put them in the film, that of course we're connected. We're absolutely connected. It's just, just because you Western scientists now can prove it doesn't mean that this is anything new. They've known this in their traditions for thousands and thousands of years, and so they had that, to me, was a really important part of the message, just that because we can scientifically prove it now, and we can. This is an enduring part of our humanity, and when we're remembering that, 
that's when they are able to really be a contributor to what's happening on Earth right now rather than a detractor. So making the film, I understand, created powerful changes for many of the people involved in the project. Could you share some of the story surrounding the film project? Sure, that's, a, that's always an interesting part because we said, you know, someone asked me the other day, what, how much of the film today was really your original conception? And I said, well, about only about 5% has changed about that much because an, another example is our director, Skip Thomas, who started in the film project from day one right when the footage started coming back of me, Skip was diagnosed with cancer. And so I was also having to go on my own inner journey, and that's where I met Colin Tipping, the author of Radical Forgiveness, that I attribute to the, the most important shift I made. And um, Skip had to stop work on the film, too, because he was being led deeper into his heart. And so his story ends up in uh, Chapter 3 of the film, and the film is... is uh, is created in seven chapters, and, and Skip talks about how he was diagnosed with cancer and how that led him into the deepest place of his own heart, deeper than he ever really wanted to go, and that's alluded to in the trailer. And so Skip went on his own healing journey, and he's not only is he healthy and he's, he's doing extremely well today, but through the process he found his tr heart's true love after being, you know, one of the issues he was facing was a repressed anger and rage towards women. And here I was, the producer of the film, telling him what to do and how I'd like it to be done, and he was mad the whole time. And he was diagnosed, and he tells me, I can share this, he was diagnosed with bladder cancer. So he was literally, what we can say, you know, peed off. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, that's not, it's like literally true. And he was not only that, but at women. And so he, he freed himself from those old patterns, from those stuck emotions that got lodged in a tumorous growth in that organ of his body and now he's found his true love and he is happily blissfully married so the transformation of everyone throughout this film process is it looks miraculous but when but it's really when you think about it it makes complete sense because we all were led to this true powerful heart-based living so why is the heart our most powerful organ rana well, this is a good question because of that, you know, people sometimes like to debate that. So I like to define what we mean by the most powerful. And this is simply in terms of what can be measured by our instrumentation. So it, it, if, we, if we take an instrument that's called a magnetometer that measures magnetic waves, we, the, the human heart can be measured, uh, I, I believe it's uh, 5,000 times greater distance than anything that can be measured from the brain. And if we, we look at the, the signals, the amplitude signals from the heart versus the brain on an EEG versus an EKG, it's six, the heart is 60 times greater in amplitude than the brain. So that's one thing about just the, the heart's measurable power. So we also know that the heart is sending encoded messages that have to do very much with our emotions. And this is scientifically improved, proven by, by the Institute of Heart Math in my film. They talk about it. The encoded messages are going out in, into that you know, field, 8 to 10, even more feet from your body, whether you're in frustration, anxiety, anger, or whether you're in gratitude, appreciation, compassion. Very different looking signals. One is jagged and chaotic, and one is smooth. The gratitude signal is smooth, and, and um, it goes nice up and down like hills and valleys, and they, they, I teach this, and I'm certified by them. And, we have the technology of the HeartMath Institute on my website, which is an M-Wave. It's called you connect yourself to your computer on your earlobe, and it, and it really will show you exactly what signal that you are emitting, what encoded emotional signal is going out into the field all around you. Mm 
So talk a bit more about this frequency of the heart. Well, the heart's electromagnetic frequency has a, a certain specific signature, and they find that that, uh, that signature of the heart's electromagnetic field has an exact overlap with the electromagnetic signature of the Earth itself. And so we are we are always in you know in this wide range of, of connection with the people around us, and that's and why you know a lot of people. It's sort of like a subliminal communication. It, well, yes, it, it is. We think of it as subliminal, but it's actually measurable. And mm-hmm. if we tap into it intuitively, you know, you can have your back turned to the door, and someone comes in that is that uh, is really angry or you know feeling you know, depressed, and you'll feel it if you start to notice that. You don't even have to see who it is. You know, if your heart is opened. Had. Yeah. If everybody's yeah. if, if, if probably yeah. felt that, you're just like, ooh, what just happened? You turn around, oh, there's your yeah. nemesis. Well, children just, certainly feel that. Yeah, they do. And animals, yeah. horses, mm-hmm. dogs, they are very attuned but, to... Yeah, and they don't get it educated out of them like mm-hmm. our kids do. They, when they get start in school, start, and sometimes at home, punished for their feelings and rewarded for their thoughts. And so, of course, children will start to shut their heart down because mm-hmm. they find out that they get punished for oftentimes, you know, subtle ways, sometimes not so subtle for the things that they're feeling. So let's talk about the three keys to heart-centered living uh, that you share in the film. Well, throughout the film's um, 88 minutes, we, we go through this this theme of dive in, tune in, and lighten up, which you know, I, I have a lot of similar analogies in my own work as an intuitive counselor, but it's like the, it's dive into the heart, and we can do a little experiential around that in a minute if you'd like, and because that's where pe- most people really are so afraid to go there because they say, you know, why, you know, my heart's led me astray, and it's led me into the problems, and that's the emotional heart. That's not the true power of the intuitive heart again. And so I, we say just dive in there. You've got to be able to, you know, get in and safely at your own pace feel your feelings and figure out what's in there and then tune in to what really needs to be attended to and nurtured and cared for. And then at the end of that process, whenever you're doing emotional or any type of healing work, uh, my, my thing is let's lighten it up. You're going to lighten up energetically like I did, which is very, very visible. We show that what happened in the first two minutes of the film to me uh, physically. And um, and then to to have some fun with it because you know if you do this if, if you know you're going to do the hard work you, there's some hard you know difficult things that come up but you also need to lighten up and go out and specifically give yourself an assignment and have fun and do something to remind yourself hey look today life is is good for the most part and and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move forward from here on out. Yes, um, would you say the heart is an organ of joy? I would most definitely say that because, you know, when, when you ask people about emotions and you, you'll ask them, you know, where do you feel joy, they're most likely going to tell you they feel it in their heart. You know, they say, my heart is singing. We don't hear those that phraseology, you know, my mind is singing, or, or they don't, we don't hear go with your mind. <laughs> you know, people say go with your heart, put your heart into it. And there's that in, intuitive knowingness that our heart really has the, is the organ where those powerful emotions are, are reside and not only that they can be measured as I'm talking about this in, in the field about what they are it's always amazing to put someone on one of these monitors and have them say oh my gosh you mean that's what I'm broadcasting yes that is <laughs> and then you can learn how to master that that smooth synchronous feeling that not only affects the people around you but you perform better you make better decisions you don't end up going later in the day why did I say that oh my gosh that's because your heart and your head are way out of sync so it's very, for me, it's really exciting when I get to teach about this because we really do have the power 
harness our heart's intuitive wisdom and make better choices and perform better and all kinds of great things. So the wisdom of your heart helps you attract better life experiences. Well, that's been my experience, and I, and I call this, you know, really amplifying the magnetic power of your heart because it does have that powerful electromagnetic um, signal. And, and there's the three levels of the heart that, that, you know, when you really get into the power of this, it's in the third level. We have the physiological heart where we know that the heart is way more than a circulatory system now. It's part of the endocrine system. It secretes its own hormone, and it's part of the neurologic system. It has a heart brain. So first of all, people need to know about the, the physiology of the heart. And secondly, the emotional heart is where most people get scared and stuck. And if you don't really move through that emotional heart and learn how to work with it, you don't really get to the third part, the real power, which is the heart's intuitive wisdom that does you know, know the truth when you get through all those other layers of the fear around heartache and emotional upsets that usually get packed in there. Yeah, you hear that expression, the wisdom of the heart, or to follow mm -hmm. your the wisdom of your heart or your wise heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so how can we consciously create this harmonic resonance you've been talking about with the earth and with our world, Rana? Well, I've worked extensively with the Institute of Heart Math, the research. They've been doing this for 20-plus years in Northern California, the re so they have research scientists. And I become um, licensed as a is what they call a one-on-one -on -one heart math provider. So with um, individuals, I coach and counsel people how to do it. And Dr. Rollin McCready, their leading researcher, talks about this and goes over it specifically in the film. So in order to create that signal, it really just requires three simple steps. And it's uh, oftentimes I say with my clients, you know, just, just put your hand on your heart. Now, this is not one of the steps, <laughs> but, I, but a lot of people that are really in their head, like I was as a banker all day, to make physiological connection with your heart makes this a little bit easier to do. And then you just start to you know, focus on your heart and just you know, can draw your attention, your focus down into your heart. Now, most people at this point want to close their eyes, and you can if you want, but you don't have to. What I've found in my work with uh, trauma survivors is that oftentimes if you've had trauma and you close your eyes, it becomes unsafe mm -hmm. because you can't see. So I'd say, you know, try this with your eyes open if you've had some real tough, you know, experiences in your life. It's just, you know, because you can do this with your eyes open. That's where the power of it is. So whatever you want to do it, but you focus on your heart, you know, touching your heart if you want to. And then you just start to slow down the, your breathing. You just well, oh, you want to just that. go ahead and guide us in a practice to yeah. activate the power of our heart. You know, let's just all right do now. it right right now. Just okay. it's a great great time to do it. So this is um, this is from the Institute of Heart Math, and it's on the film if you want to review that. So just uh, you know, put your hand on your heart. That's optional, but if you want to really make that connection with the body, that helps. And then focus. That just send your conscious focus into the heart area. We'll kind of think about it in the center of the chest, which for the most part it really it really is. So just focusing on the heart for a moment, being aware that it's there doing its thing, beating, whether we think of it or not. So it's a wonderful organ that has many functions, and just focus on that heart center. And slow down and on the breathing, slow your breathing down. So it's about five seconds on the in-breath and five seconds on the out-breath. And just those two steps alone will start to change the measurable signal that comes from uh, from your electromagnetic field. Because we know a lot about the breath and breath work 
that starts to balance the nervous system just by slowing down your heart. And so the third step is the, where the real power comes in, is you just focus for a moment on something that you can be appreciative about, something you're grateful for. And it doesn't have to be some big thing. You know, I'm, right now I, I'm grateful for uh, a beautiful flower I have in my room, the beauty of a flower. I'm grateful for my air conditioning in, in the desert I have right now. So just something real small. And then just lock in that feeling of gratitude, appreciation, as you keep on breathing through the heart and focusing on the heart center. And then you can just start to feel how everything calms down and gets quieter. And then if you'd like, you can focus on sending that, the, just the energy of gratitude and appreciation from, all, from your entire heart center out into the entire surroundings of where you're located. And that's really all there is to it in terms of creating that signal that, that we're speaking about. So how did, how did you experience that, KG? Did you notice the difference? Well, in it was interesting. Um, uh, right away, I saw my, uh, my, little, my dog, Ladybug, mm -hmm. when I was a child. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I almost want to, it brings tears to my eyes how much she loved me. And she oh, was always protecting wonderful. me. And I just feel like she's still with me, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, protecting me, and we had been talking a little earlier about how animals and children, you know, keep their hearts open. They never mm -hmm. learn to educate, are educated out of being connected with their heart. And I think they really somehow, um, animals really, um, like dogs, really intuit how much pain maybe we go through as human mm -hmm. beings, and they just want to befriend and comfort us and let us know it's okay. You know how dogs just <laughs> wag their whole body and mm -hmm, just right. are enjoying in the moment. And right. So, um, and then uh, uh, right after that, I saw a flower. And so it was interesting you said, appreciate, you know, gratitude for a flower. So I thought, uh -huh. hey, we're, we're sinking here. You oh, know? Right. Uh -huh. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So, mm -hmm. um you know, it is, you know, the, I think that it's as simple, soon as you yeah. tune in, I think, and also keeping it simple, you know, not right. getting off in your head, just keeping yeah. it very in the body, that embodiment experience, being in mm -hmm. the body, being in your heart, keeping it simple, simple thing like breathing. Yeah. Uh, it does make it very, you know, so your your head doesn't try to get wrapped around it. You know, you don't want to get off yeah, in your head. Yeah. And you just intuitively, you know, went to one of the techniques as, you know, when we're a provider or coach of this for people who have difficulty feeling gratitude, and there's not there's more people than you'd imagine, but saying, you know, think, just think of your pet. Because a lot of times people will start thinking of a person and a relationship, and then the mind comes in and guilt, or, you know, I should have done this and I didn't. And mm -hmm. so that's one of the keys that we, you know, we, we share with people is think of a pet. You know, that's one of the easiest things, a nature or a nature. pet. That everyone can feel grateful for, yes. and uh, our pets are so intuitive that if we're not doing our heart-based work, a lot of times they'll, they will take on our on our things, you know, and try to help us. So that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thanks. And um, I wanted to ask, what one practice do you recommend, and maybe you do yourself, for living a heart-centered life on a daily basis? 
Well, the little exercise we just did is something I do myself daily. I do that because it creates what we, we know now calls heart resilience. So I do that for five minutes, you know, connected to my computer on my M waves, getting the exact. So I have no uncertainty in my mind about where whether I'm emitting this signal. So I'll do that. But I, I also uh, like to just, you know, because that's what I do in my inner world. And so in, in my online classes and teaching, we, we talk about that as a as an heart impression, so we're doing our own personal work. I also like to do what I call heart expressions, what, you know, cause really when it matters is taking it out into the world and interacting with people. So I like to just going about my business without saying very much, you know, I'll interact with people uh, at the grocery store and, you know, just going about my business at the bank, I'll, I will focus on sending the energy of gratitude from my heart. Now, I'm not saying anything to them. Uh, you know, sometimes I will express gratitude, but it's not like, you know, just a flip, you know, thanks as an afterthought. But I will, and I, I see the impact of just being in that state of gratitude for a person who's helping me get my groceries. You know, instead of being ever, never be on your cell phone in front of people who are serving you. That's my motto, <laughs> everyone, mm-hmm. because it's so uh, denigrating to people. But I've seen people check out people at the grocery store, and I'm not saying anything, you know, just sitting there smiling, and then they'll start talking to me. And I've heard people's life stories in the grocery store just by, by practicing this, just by appreciating the person that is there. Being grateful, sometimes silently, sometimes saying, hey, you know, I'm so happy, thanks for the baggers, I'm so happy you're, you're bragging my groceries for me today. And, and that's, for, to me, when it makes a difference, is when you can, just by your presence, change and be a contributor to somebody's day being better. So for me, that's just a, a way of life, a practice that I, I, do on, I do every day, being a net contributor to people's lives. And it's a tremendous act of self-love also. It, yes, I love that. It is, isn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, you have a better day. <laughs> right, I certainly do. You know. that's, a, a ma- that's a good perk. So, yeah. so um, how will your film change our listeners' lives for the better? Why should our listeners watch your film, Anna? Well, that's another good question. I would, I would say, you know, it's, it's very transformative because it gets people, first of all, to realize and become aware of something they might not know, how powerfully connected we are. And I've, I've screened this film in, in theaters in my hometown in Phoenix for a four-week run, which is a long time for an independent filmmaker to be in a, in a large theater chain. <laughs> and I've filmed it in different places all over the country. And there's one, one thing that really changes people's perceptions of, their, of interconnection, and it's that um, the fact that my heartbeat if we're in the same room, would be measured in your brain waves, and your heartbeat would, could be measured in mine. That's how interconnected we are. So we really do know what we're, how we're feeling. And so, you know, when people watch the film, why watch the film? It has been a, a springboard for so many people that I've gotten responses and emails from to really deeply examine their lives and have tools for transformation because the entire last chapter of the film is the tools and techniques of heart-based living. And this is what's different about my film than so many others out there, that people would say, you know, I watched this film or that film, and it was great information, but I didn't know what to do. And the film itself has that last part of this dedicated to here are some things you can do right now today, including mm-hmm. the little practice we did and some other things. And that's really why watch the film, because you get the information you didn't know 
It makes it very compelling to go on this heart journey and tells you, now here's your next step. Well, that's that's wonderful, you know, that there is a practical side and as well mm-hmm. as it inspires people. Uh, I wondered if you have entered the film in any independent film festivals. I know here in Ashland, Oregon, we have an independent film festival every year, and there are quite a number of independent film festivals for getting your film out mm-hmm. on the circuit. Yeah, I have, and I've been in, I'm going to be in my fourth film festival coming up here, and it's kind of like, you know, when you're having a big project, I don't hit all of the film festivals all the time, you know, so I, I don't think we've applied to to the Ashland one. Uh, Ashland would be good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there so are so many, I don't know if you know Ashland, Oregon, but it's quite yeah. a mecca for spiritual mm-hmm. healing. There's a lot of healers right. and a lot of, you know, consciousness. There's a lot of consciousness, people mm-hmm. involved in the consciousness movement and a yeah. lot of spiritual entrepreneurs. <laughs> mm-hmm. So great, great, great. Anyway, skin. yeah. So Check that, that out. There may be an interest. So, mm-hmm. all right. And so, um, how can people get involved in the heart-based movement? Well, we have a uh, besides watching a film. That's a great way to get started on on your personal journey. Um, we have an upcoming telesummit, an online event that's free to everyone, and I, I've. Uh, created this event also with the, the power of my heart's magnetic field because I, I've had, I have wonderful um, expert presenters in the film itself like Greg Braden and Mary Morrissey and um, the Institute of Heart Math Scientists. I decided I wanted to give even more tools and more techniques to people, so I said, let me do a free online event. It's starting September 9th through the 13th, so it's five days. And with my with this these techniques I'm describing, I was able to bring on board... Um, Dr. John Martini and Bob Proctor of The Secret, they said, sure, we'll be in your online event, and uh, Betsy Chassie, the filmmaker of What the Bleep, Nick Ortner, and our, our final guest announcement was Dr. Bruce Lipton, who's just written a book oh, called fantastic. The Honeymoon Effect, The Science of Creating Heaven on Earth, and mm-hmm. so all people have to do is sign up and get 20 hours of free content on uh, sacredjourneyoftheheart.com. You'll see the, the sign-up banners for the telesummit, and there's loaded with gifts you get it immediately on signing up people get to see the never before seen 45 minute interview with greg braden that he did for the film and uh you know so you imagine 88 minutes is the whole film length you probably have about five minutes or six of greg total so you get to see that he's contributed that to our event very graciously so that's a really good way you know to really decide what works for you and all these speakers are talking about what the event is called the science and art of opening your heart. They all talk about that because it's you know you got to open your heart to find out what's in there, and there is science behind it, and it certainly is an art on an individual basis. We'll talk a little more about that, the science and art of opening your heart. What exactly does that mean? That the science of opening your heart, I think, is really to to get into again the heart math teachings that when you neglect your heart power it just it'll keep doing its thing you know it'll keep beating and your heart isn't going to stop if you don't think and, and work with it but the the science of opening your heart meaning to start to feel just like we did to focus on your heart breathing through your heart and then sending feelings of gratitude that's that's for yourself as you mentioned earlier and for the people around you the science of that is that your health there's amazing statistics about this your health improves so by opening your heart focusing on it and and starting to work with it, your health improves. You'll sleep better. 
I mean, it's almost like you're too good to be true, but I've experienced it. And if any, anybody wants to see what it looks like, you just have to look on YouTube and look for Rana Prince before and after. It's a little four-minute piece that shows exactly how I changed and I aged backwards. I got over insomnia. I quit having migraines. You know, my body stopped hurting all the time. And so it's all scientific-based. They've done study upon study upon study. So that's the science of it. And then the art is how do we individually work with this at our own pace, you know, and make it fit in our lives so it's not just one more thing like we have to do exercise or meditate, you know, but the art of how we apply it to our own life and to enhance our relationships and start to have our, our big vision manifest. And that's that's really what happened for me. I You know, I didn't... I had a big vision at five years old that if I can go into my heart, I'm going to help other people. And going into the heart work, opening my heart, and, and this has been the result of, of this the film project and then this international telesummit that's going to launch in a, a week and a half. Yeah, one of the, the two human beings, I think, for me, who exemplify what you're talking about mm-hmm. are the Dalai Lama mm-hmm. and uh, Mother Teresa. Uh-huh. I think both of them certainly have mastered, you know, the science and art of opening your heart. And I think it's good to have uh, people, for me anyway, it's good mm-hmm. to have people that we can relate to who ha- emulate these characteristics you're talking about developing mm-hmm. ourselves. You know, there are people out there that we can think of just thinking about, for me, thinking about those people who right. have those characteristics that we want to develop. It helps us to sort of align with them energetically. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because for me, it's a uh, it's like an internal alignment yeah. with this energy that you're talking about so that, you know, I'm elevated in my own consciousness so that my yeah. own awareness is raised so I can begin to transmit, you know, this higher frequency uh, that I think is natural. I think it's there, and we get trained out of it, like you said earlier. Yeah, we do. And we have another uh, person a lot of people are inspired by, uh, Nelson Mandela. Yes. Of course, he is, um, He his story is told by Mary Morrissey in the film. Mary Morrissey, the narrator, was one of a delegation, I think, of five or six people that were elected to award Nelson Mandela the Gandhi King Peace Prize. Mm-hmm. And so Mary relates her personal experience in talking to Nelson Mandela of how he went from being in prison for 20-plus years to leading his country in truth and reconciliation hearings. And she says, and I'm, I, I don't think you ever can tell too much about your film or give it away, but she said Nelson Mandela said, I, had to, I was an angry, bitter young man going into prison. Mm-hmm. And in order to do what I did, I had to go on the journey of the heart, mm-hmm. and I had to become a man of heart in order to lead my country truth and reconciliation and so you know it's just a fantastic story of heart and and things you know when you're putting out the intention like you know, like you are with your show like I am with my film magical things happen because I'm standing at the Sedona International Film Festival where my film was screened and I'm watching hundreds of people stream, stream in there's a beautiful young black man standing in front of me looking a little like he didn't know where he was I said can I help you and he said yes I'm I'm wanting. I'm kind of checking this out. I what film is showing? I said, well, it's my film. Why don't you come in and see it? And he said, and I looked down at his name tag, and it was Kwiku Mandela. I said, oh my gosh, your grandfather is in my film. 
And so I met Nelson Mandela's grandson in the wow. screening of my film. And he, he ha- I now know that Kwiku Mandela is also a filmmaker from Johannesburg, and we may reconnect on my second film project. Uh, and Nelson and Kwiku Mandela is, was involved in a wonderful, heartwarming um, narrative or fictional film called Francis Furi's La Bola, which is all about healing um, and a wonderful story, of, a love story of between a, a black and a white person in South Africa. So, And that's the magic that happens. Who, who would have ever thought that Nelson Mandela would have, a story would be in my film and I'm standing in there and here's his grandson. I mean, that's, that's, that's the magic of the heart. That is incredible. Yeah, what can get orchestrated. Right. That's beyond our anything we can conceive. Yes, really, yeah. and it's not, yeah. I couldn't have thought that one up. You know, that's why I know the power is in the heart. When I, yes. when I, you know, I know, of course, this happened, and my heart, my heart says, my head goes. I have no idea how that one came that's about. <laughs> I don't have to know. It just happened. Yeah, that's just such a perfect story about yes. the magic of what you you're doing and what you're involved in, and the whole mm-hmm. the whole chemistry that's exactly. that's happening. So, well, tell us. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your own transformation as an individual through this taking the journey of the heart and producing this film, Rana, You know, you were talking about you before and after. Could you mm-hmm. share a little bit more about that? Sure. I can talk about it on the, the three, you know, major levels. So uh, physically, I, I aged backwards, and you know, you, we can look at my, my co-producer, my the love of my life, Dr. Donald Backstrom is a true holistic physician, so we were able to look at my cellular health with using a bioelectrical impedance, and my cellular health improved. So we could see, you know, how what was the integrity of my cells and my cell walls and their ability to take in nutrition, kind of an important factor in life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and my adrenal health. So my adrenal glands that were over that were t- stressed almost to failure. I was able to improve my adrenal health by learning these techniques to pe- periodically de-stress throughout the day so then you know then physiologically I lost weight you know my skin cleared up again you know YouTube before and after lots of people have looked at that so physiologically I aged backwards so that was number one and then emotionally instead of you know in this semi-repressed state and and resenting things that would show up in in my life out you know in, in other places namely with people that I was were trying to work for me and that's where that's where it showed up I was I was always kind of having this expectation that they weren't going to do what they they were supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. That was an old pattern from my childhood, you know. So mm-hmm. I was able to shift that emotional pattern, and I have the, the most wonderful team of people working for me now because I cleaned up my own emotional baggage. Uh, so you know that emotional connection is clearer with people. I'm much more um, at ease and really listening and tuning into the essence of what someone is talking about rather than the words, because that's really where mastery comes in and I've got three teenagers so this comes in handy when I'm dealing with with teenagers who are going through a lot of developmental change so emotionally I really you know feel much more connected with people around me and uh, and capable and then um, you know mentally I have a lot less mind chatter going on you know I used to have like this constant song and distraction pattern running in the back and I can learn to just you know, sit there with that easy technique and breathe, and, you know, my mind is quiet, and uh, just, you know, look around at life and say, oh, guess what, life is, life is good, <laughs> and so on those three levels, and, you know, spiritually, I don't, I wouldn't say, you know, there's been a huge transformation there, because I've always been very aware spiritually of, of the presence 
uh, and the connection between everything. So that's always been a constant, but just the rest of my of my energy system aligned with that, and <laughs> so I feel much more overall integrated as a, as a whole person. Synthesized. You know, yeah, you experience exactly. that synthesis that you mm -hmm. spoke about earlier as yeah. the heart is the an organ of synthesis. Yes, it really is. Yeah. And it's really the central organizing factor that we that we can tap into and consciously use and instead of it just being an organ that beats like a you know doing a, something physiological we can really use the power i call it harnessing the power of the heart to really change ourselves and the and the situations around us well i've certainly had an experience of a shift within my own heart mm -hmm. uh in this show and i hope that our listeners will also have that experience that they can take with them after listening to today's show. Great. So thank you so much. It's been a healing experience for me, and I really appreciate your taking time to be on the show with us. So do you have anything more you'd like to share with us before, before we close, Rana? Well, I like to close with what, what does, again, show up in the film, what I call the law of confluence. And I think this is where we're heading, is that beyond the law of attraction. And it sh is shown in the film, and it, it's, it goes like this, that feeling builds connection, heart creates wholeness, and love manifests abundance. And that's, those are the really three keys that, that I live by. You know, I think that's the, the shift of consciousness that we're all about. It's not the mind is, that created these situations is not going to think its way out of it. And so I like to encourage people to really come from that place of feeling connection and love and participate in this movement toward wholeness and, and abundance. And I, cause I really believe it, it's there. And the more of us that participate in being contributors, the more quickly that this manifests in the world. That's beautiful. So i just like to tell our listeners for more information about Rana Prince and her new film, Sacred Journey of the Heart, please visit her website, sacredjourneyoftheheart.com, where you can sign up for her free online event that's starting on September 9th, runs for five days, has uh, features 20 uh, expert experts in the field of consciousness and healing. And uh, I wanted to wish everyone a beautiful day and a warm mahalo. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again, Rana. It's been such a pleasure having you with us. Thank you, KJ. I've enjoyed it.